Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. The other day I was at a discount grocery store. And I knew we needed some paper towels. And I was walking through, and sure enough, there was like a 12-pack for a couple bucks. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm snagging these. And uh, I brought them home. Let me tell you, they are the most terrible paper towels ever. In fact, you know, my wife judges me. Like, she's like, don't you ever bring these home again. They don't dry, and they, they rip. It's like, I don't, even, I don't even think they're made out of paper. Like, I, I don't know what's going on there. So... Uh, was not worth the couple bucks that I, I spent on those paper towels. Um, so who likes a good paper towel? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like the whole, cr- yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Some of them are like velvety, and it's like, you know, I don't know. They're, they're nice. There are some nice paper towels out there. Well, the other day, a um, couple days, you know, that was earlier in the week. Later in the week, uh, we were at a garden center, and there was a pot of, Black-eyed Susans, the, the flower. It was a twenty-dollar plant on sale for three, and I, I bought that. So I think I redeemed myself. They're pretty flowers, uh, you know. For three bucks, you know, originally twenty, bought them for three. That's that's a good deal. That's that's a good value. So maybe I redeemed myself by bringing home some pretty flowers. Uh, but who who likes a good deal, right? Yeah. Who who likes a good yard sale? Right? Yeah, there's a number of weeks ago over near uh, Peddler's Village, if you know where, where that's at, on the way over there, there's this big barn sale. Anybody been there? You're just driving, uh, driving down the road, there's a big sign that says barn sale, and Jess and I are like, what's a barn sale? Like, we're not familiar with that. Maybe it's like a garage sale or a yard sale, but, you know, bigger. It's in a barn. So we, we pull off the side of the road and we go check it out. Sure enough, it is a big barn. But it is packed, filled with stuff. And it's dark in there. It looks dangerous. There's like sharp things. You know, you have to really navigate through the, the small pathways through the, through the stuff. And the guy's like, hey, come on in. Just grab stuff. Nothing's priced. When you come, when you come back out of the darkness, <laughs> we'll, we'll settle, settle on a good price. And so uh, we spent a couple of minutes in there, but there was, it was almost like too much. It was too much. And it's also kind of sad, like, this is people's stuff. Like, there's, like, old photo albums there just sitting. Like, somebody's pictures from the 70s. They went on a trip, and now those photos are just sitting in a barn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but, but yeah, we like a good deal, Jess and I. We, we like to thrift shop and, and whatnot, and we like to find good value. There's also these, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a sale where they they get a, a cardboard box, and then they put all this junk in it, really. And if you see something in that box that you like, you have to buy the whole box. Has anybody encountered that that kind of scenario, right? So you're, you're walking through, there's, like, one thing, it's, like, ah, like, I don't really need all this extra junk, but I want that one thing. So you have to buy the whole box. And then there's also these finders keeper stories that you hear on the news like somebody buys a, a fixer up or a house 
and they're like they're ripping down the walls and next thing you know like jewels fall out or someone picks up a, a couch off the, the curb and it's lumpy and they're like why is it so lumpy and then they they open it up and it's like a box filled with cash you know? so sometimes we stumble upon treasures sometimes we're looking for a deal we're looking for value and today we're talking about recognizing value recognizing value and today we're talking about discovering or searching for kingdom life moments that break into our everyday lives and it's about recognizing when jesus shows up recognizing the kingdom recognizing the beauty in these god moments recognizing kingdom value so if you have your bibles this morning uh, we're in matthew chapter 13 and you can turn there uh, if you'd like. If you have a tablet or phone, go ahead and, and pull that up. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, but before we go any further, let's just ask for uh, a blessing. Heavenly Father, God, um, as we get into your word today and we look at some parables, Lord, would you speak to our hearts today? God, as, uh, as we are just so grateful to be here this morning, Lord, any distractions or any any other thoughts, any other just just whatever's going on in our in our heads, hearts today, Lord, spirit of peace, would you come over us today? Would your presence just invade? We want you to be here. We we want to learn from you today. May you calm us down. Speak to us today, Lord. We're listening. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So Jesus, Jesus talked a lot about his kingdom, his kingdom. He didn't really talk about church. He mentioned church like once in the Gospels. What Jesus was about was teaching people about the kingdom, showing people the kingdom, which often meant pointing to himself. Uh, and then he also demonstrated, this is what it looks like, uh, this is what kingdom looks like, uh, and he does miracles. Because you don't have broken people uh, in, in the kingdom of God. In the, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of, of God, people were really hungry for this message. You know, they were so hungry and thirsty to hear that God was for them, that God loves them. That, that you have value, that, that God has a life that God intends for you. Have. And the good news is, Jesus says, wait for it. The kingdom of God is actually here. The kingdom has arrived. The kingdom of heaven, God's space, is actually invading into our space. And it's awesome. That's what Jesus was, was teaching. The kingdom life, the kingdom of God, it's this bigger reality. It's this bigger story, this, this something bigger that, that we have for our lives to live into. Now the question is, how does, how, how does Jesus teach this? This big thing. How do we actually teach about the kingdom? Well, Jesus had a, a, a tactic, a tool. He chose parables. A parable is usually uh, just a brief narrative. Or a comparison. And, and we are invited to chew. 
Jesus will, will speak a little bit. Again, a brief story or a comparison. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of God is like, and then he, he continues. Parables are for our hearts, but also they got to get through our heads first. We, we're invited to think and process and chew on these parables. And so, uh, if you've been tracking with us this summer at Plymouth Meeting Church, uh, we've been doing, basically, we've been talking about Jesus stories or stories that Jesus taught. And so today, we're into two more little short stories, two little parables that Jesus taught. So, Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting with verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. All right, so let's dig into this. There's a field. Jesus is teaching in ancient Israel. Certainly there were fields around. Okay, there's a guy in a field. So far, so good. We're handling this, right? So what's this guy up to? There's a field. There's a guy. Maybe he's a a laborer or something. He's up to something. He finds, he discovers treasure. This guy discovers treasure. Now, wealthy people back in Jesus' day, they would would divide up their wealth in in three different ways. The first way... Uh, that they would kind of have their wealth, it was in their goods. Uh, they, they would go to the marketplace and, you know, oh, here's a bag of lemons for olive oil. All right, that, that's their wealth. That's the first portion of their wealth, just what they would buy, sell, trade at the marketplace. Then another way that they would have their wealth contained is they would invest in stones and jewels, gemstones. So they would have a, a, a little satchel of stones. And if your house was on fire or bad guys were running through the town and you needed to get out of your house, you could quick grab your, your baggy stones and, you know, that's, that's like your bank account, your, your wealth. The third way that you would handle your wealth is that you would, you would put it into some type of treasure, gold, you know, you would bury it out in a field somewhere. So you would need to have, obviously, something to bury. But that's how they would, you know, they didn't have safety security deposit boxes. You would go out to a field where only you you know where where it's at, make sure no one's around. And then you bury your treasure. You bury your your gold, your cash. And so this man is in a field. And again, he he, he might be a, a worker, a laborer, and he finds this treasure. But then it says that he covers it back up. Now, I think there was this tradition. I need, I need to do more research on it. But I, I came across this, this thing. There was a custom or a tradition that if you found hidden treasure, buried treasure, but you didn't actually lift it up out of the ground, then like you didn't need to report that treasure. But there was something, like the tradition goes like, if you actually lift it up out of the ground, then it certainly belongs to the landowner and and everything like that. But if you leave it in the ground, it's okay. And so that makes sense. That's why this guy would would cover it up. And then in his joy, he goes and he sells everything that he has because he wants to buy the whole field. He buys the whole field. And that, 
you know, that must have been odd if, if he was married, right, to go home and, and, hey, wife, you know, I'm going to go buy this field. And she's like, no, that's a junkie field. Like, what are you doing? It, it, that does not make sense. But this man knows the true value of that field because of the treasure. And so for now, I want you to consider that this man wasn't looking for treasure, but he found it. He stumbled across it. He recognized the value. He recognized its goodness and its, its beauty. And he realized that he would have to go all in so that this treasure could be his. Again, Jesus says, again, verse 45, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it. So now we're in the second parable. The parable of the fine pearl. So we have a merchant, a retailer, a tradesman. All right? this, this guy is trained to find really good pearls. This is a man who traffics commodities for profit. In this case, yes, pearls. All right? He is searching. All right? Actively searching. He is looking for really good pearls. Now, if you want some Greek humor here, basically the word for pearl in the Greek is margarita. This man was looking for a fine margarita. It's Jimmy Buffett in the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, this man's looking for a margaritas, a pearl, a fine, beautiful pearl. So let's talk about pearls. There's these creatures called mollusks, and some of them have shells. And if they have two shells, we call them bivalves, and like oysters and clams. And these little guys, they produce these things called pearls. And what happens is in the, the mantle flesh, the mantle folds of the animal, the air tent gets in there, sand, a parasite, etc. If something gets in there and it's not supposed to be there, the animal puts mineral deposits over that irritant. It's like a defense mechanism. And so uh, eventually, it, yeah, it grows and it, it forms. It becomes the pearl. Pearls come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them are not valuable. In fact, most of the time, the pearls that we find are not valuable. But every once in a while, a round one comes out. It's, it's, it's worth turning into jewelry, etc. And then it's super rare to find a naturally formed pearl that is large and round, smooth, and it is so rare and thus very valuable. For thousands of years, humans have been obsessed with pearls. Is anybody wearing pearl, pearls today? Anybody? All right, not this church. This church doesn't like pearls, apparently. <laughs> um, but so we make pearls today, cultured pearls, freshwater, saltwater pearls. We can make them today. But for, for most of human history, pearls had to be natural. They were super rare. So here we have a, a pearl merchant, and he is looking for a beautiful, good pearl. He knows what he's looking for. He knows the value of what he is looking for. And he finds one. He finds the pearl of great value. And you know what he does? He sells everything he has to buy that one pearl. So 
let's just take a minute here. Let's put these two parables together. One man discovers, the other man is searching and, and finds it, but really they both recognize the value of what they come across. One man, we are told, operates out of his joy, but both of them show their eagerness, their, their zeal, their excitement to go and, and attain. Go get it. Go obtain what, what they found. What exactly is Jesus trying to communicate here? Three verses, two little parables. But let me tell you, I just, I don't know, I, I struggled the last two weeks just to share with you of like, okay, God, where exactly do you want to take this message? And it's kind of funny because it's like, the, it's the little verses sometimes that just give you so much work to do. And so there's two main interpretations, two main understandings that, that Bible teachers teach with these parables. The first interpretation is what I'll call the Jesus interpretation. And the second interpretation is what I'll call the human interpretation. Okay? I just made up those titles like today. Um, if you like Google that, you won't, you won't find it. But let's, um, let, me, let me talk about both. The first is the Jesus interpretation. The Jesus interpretation. In these parables, with this lens, through this framework, the man in both parables, parables, <laughs> parables, uh, is, is Jesus. All right? The field is the world. You know what that means? That means we are the treasure. Oh, isn't that nice? We're, we're the treasure. We are Jesus' treasured possession. We are the lost treasure. Jesus is in the field. We are found by Christ. And we are re-hidden by Christ. Colossians 3.3 3 says, We are hidden with Christ in God. Jesus finds us. We're, we're covered back up in Him. We are, we are hidden in Christ. And then someday, when everything is wrapped up, someday in the future, that treasure will be pulled up out of the ground and displayed in glory. Jesus purchased the field to have his treasure. Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He scorned its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. By the, by the grace of God, we are treasure. We don't feel like treasure. But God sees us as treasure. We are creatures of grace. Amen. Now, if Jesus is the merchant, then that means we are the unique pearl. And Jesus paid it all to have us. This, this purchase is a reference to the cross. To, to, Jesus went to the cross to provide salvation, redemption for the whole world. 1 John 2, 2. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not just for my sins, not just for your sins, not just for your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Galatians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 6.20, we are bought at a price. Jesus paid the price. Jesus went all in to have his unique pearl. And so with this interpretation, the kingdom is like Jesus who finds us, and then he, he pays it all. He pays the price to have us. Jesus takes this, this thing called sin, this irritant, called sin and he makes us 
beautiful. You are the beautiful. In Christ, you are beloved. Jesus says, you are mine. You are valuable. You are worth it. Jesus sees you as precious. And he's willing to exchange his life so that you can have life. So that's the Jesus interpretation to these two parables. Let's, let's flip over to the next one. The human interpretation. All right. And this is the one that I feel like I've been taught uh, in the circles that I've been running in uh, for most of my life in the Christian circles, Christian teaching. The, the human interpretation is where uh, the, the guy in the parable is us. Okay? Now, to be clear, remember, in the first interpretation, Jesus is the man. Now, we play that part. We are the man. When we experience life as God intended it, when you experience kingdom moments, when, when you have God sightings, Jesus moments, Holy Spirit shows up, when you see all that, when you experience the kingdom of God, it is the best. It is treasure. And the idea here is to recognize the kingdom moments, kingdom value. And just like that, yes, this is like, these are the good paper towels. Like these are kingdom paper towels. I am going all in to get the good stuff. And we react with joy. There is an eagerness that runs through our veins. And we get zealous for the Lord. We want to keep building for the kingdom. We go all in when we find that treasure, when we find that pearl, when we experience Jesus. Now, the difficulty with this interpretation is that it could, it could seem that Jesus is teaching that we buy ourselves into the kingdom that we enter the kingdom through our own efforts. Yeah, yeah, we, we purchase. We, we have to work and buy our way into the kingdom. But the good news is, the kingdom of God, like, God is not measuring your performance numbers, your growth, and then basing his love and value for you on that. The good news is, it's all about Jesus. It's not about earning your way into the kingdom. That alone belongs to Jesus. By his grace, through faith, we are saved. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has accomplished the work of restoring us back to right relationship with God the Father. And so now with, with entering the kingdom of God by our own works, by our own efforts, if we take that off the table, if we read this parable, these two parables, through a framework of grace... I think, yes, the, the simple understanding is about seeking out and finding or even discovering, stumbling upon the abundant life in Jesus. Here at Plymouth Meeting Church, we like to say the best life runs through the life of Jesus. So when you recognize love and joy and peace, when you're in a hopeless situation, but you have hope, when you uncover biblical wisdom, when you experience blessings, when you discover radical generosity and grace, when you see acts of service and, and love, when you find examples of Christ's sufficiency, when you see that, that God confidence on display, when you receive transformative mercy, when you find the good life in Christ, the question is, will you be able to recognize that? Second question is, how will your response be? 
So church, as you rummage through life, in the barn sale of life, today I, I challenge you, I, I want you to think, as you go through life, as you rummage through this thing called life, to ask yourself, to tell yourself, I don't want the junk. I want the treasure. I don't want the cheap paper towels. I want the good paper towels. I don't want second best. I want the best. I want Jesus. Or even going back to how the Bible starts. It's like, I don't want to be east of Eden. I want to be in Eden. I want to be in the garden. Right? Seeking. Looking. Searching. Finding. Kingdom moments in your life. Finding the Jesus way in your ordinary, everyday life. And so I think if we put these two understandings together. You know, Jesus paid it all to restore us. And all things. And now we get to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we get to invest in the kingdom. And you know what? Yeah, it might look odd. It might look small and insignificant. It might even be hidden. It might be found in strange places. Are your eyes open? And we end with the song that we started with, a prayer. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I invite you to pray, to to forgive, to, to learn. Support missionaries. Be a missionary. Join a small group. Start a small group. Volunteer. Get plugged in. Sponsor a child. Go pick up trash. You guys all scatter throughout the community. And Jesus is right there. There's kingdom moments happening, right? Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see the treasure. I want to find the pearl. I want to find the pearls. Jesus, where are you at? That's where I want to be. Jesus, you're up to something in this community. I want to join in. Lord, show me, teach me, establish my path. Are you hungry for this? Are you thirsty for the kingdom of God? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. The kingdom of life, the kingdom of God is the good life. It's the abundant life. In Christ. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life and give it in the fullest extent. Abundant life. Jesus is our treasure. Jesus is our pearl. What are we going to do to, to recognize that and, and go all in with the steel? That's what we're about, church. We're chasing after Jesus. We're building for the kingdom of God. Let's pray.